0: everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Struggles. This is Valerie, your host. And today I have back with me by my side, my husband, Nathan. How are you today, Nathan?
1: I am actually pretty good. I, I'm always happy when I'm here with you.
0: Well, it's good to so. be back together. I did the last couple of episodes on my own because um, those of you who are following along with this podcast, I did a book review last time. And then two times ago, I did a review of some uh, Greg Prince uh, scholarship as I was tackling some of the variations of faith crisis that have to do with the progressive issues and especially as it has to do with the LGBTQ population. So hopefully you guys got to take that in and I really appreciate all the feedback that I got about those episodes. And Nathan and I have gotten just a ton of great feedback also about our faith crisis episodes. And we just love doing this. This has been so much fun for both of us to do together and to get your feedback. And actually, I could not have anticipated how much I would enjoy getting to know some of you actual human beings. When you've podcast, you're basically by yourself staring at a screen. And so these small groups have provided a fantastic way for us to actually meet real human beings that are listening to this podcast. Anyways, I am thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying getting to know some of you. If you're still interested in Jumping in on one of those, I have two starting the first week of November and probably will be starting two more in the first week of January. So please let me know if this is something that interests you by emailing me at uh, info. info at valeriehammaker.com or jumping on my Instagram and messaging me at Latter-day Struggles Podcast. So today, without further ado, Nathan and I are going to shift gears a little bit and we're going to touch on some pretty important topics that have to do with how we are doing in loving our youth well in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. This topic is near and dear to our hearts for a variety of reasons, one of which is, of course, because we are the parents of four children, uh, two young adult daughters, and two teenage sons. So this is on our minds pretty much constantly. We're trying to figure out how best to help our children have relationships with God and with Jesus Christ in a way that is healthy and adaptive and also um, helping them have a healthy, a psychologically and spiritually healthy relationship with the institutions that surround us that are trying to help us become closer to God. And I think the second reason why we are invested in this, I speak, I guess, on your behalf is because you work in the youth. And so that's actually, this was Nathan's idea that he says, I've noticed some things that um, trouble him. And so anyways, why don't I just turn it over to you so you can talk a little bit about, before we talk Mm -hmm. about the actual themes, let's, would you just help everybody, just talk everybody through your thought process here?
1: Sure. So the idea of, discussing the young women and young men's themes came to me because um, a few months back I requested to be in the young men's program and our very gracious bishop said yes that sounds perfect and it has allowed me to be around my two boys and among other things that I noticed um, every other Sunday when the priests uh, recite the young men's theme I listen very carefully to the words that they're saying, but I also watch very carefully the reactions of the priests. And it became apparent to me that there are a couple of priests in my quorum who uh, struggle to repeat the theme. And there are certain sections of the theme where I notice that they will not uh, say the words. They, They won't spit the words out um and so i started thinking about that what what could that mean and what are the particular sections and it led me and valerie to a deeper discussion on the the purpose of these themes and i think that the church was trying to establish with these themes some sense of the identity of the youth helping the youth find their identity and i think in some ways it has some good points in here but i think there are some bad points and some some damaging Uh, ideas that they consider, that the church considers identity, and they're really not. And it hurts people when they feel differently. And so that's what I think we wanted to delve into is what do we see in here that's positive? What do we see in here that's harmful? And how do we help people who maybe don't feel the same way?
0: Thank you. That was lovely. (laughs) I. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Okay. So why don't we, at this point in time, Go ahead and do you want to, should we read both of the themes and then talk about them or should we read one and then talk about it and then read the other? Do you guys like how we're literally planning the show on the, on the air?
1: <laughs> uh, I would like to read the young women's theme first okay. for a couple of reasons. One, it's a little shorter, but also I think the young women's theme is better. Uh, okay. I'm just going to give that as my straight up opinion. Uh, and let's I want to talk about with you the things that I think are good in here. And then we can contrast that a little bit to some of the young men's uh, themes. Issues. Sounds like a plan. Okay. So the young women's theme starts with this. It says, I am a beloved daughter of heavenly parents with a divine nature and eternal destiny. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, I strive to become like him. I seek to act upon personal revelation and minister to others in his holy name. I will stand as a witness of God at all times and in all things and in all places. As I strive to qualify for exaltation, I cherish the gift of repentance and seek to improve each day. With faith, I will strengthen my home and family, make and keep sacred covenants and receive the ordinances and blessings of the Holy Temple. Okay, end of theme. So Valerie, you start. Thoughts?
0: Okay, well. What jumps out at you? So, I mean, I think the first thing that feels important to me that I am grateful for is the acknowledgement of a feminine divine. Yes. And not to jump to the young men's theme, but why did we not carry that over? (laughs) Is this, um, in some ways it has the sense of feeling a little bit placating that we mentioned this to the young women, but why, why do the young men need a mother in heaven or, um, an an understanding of divinity that has a feminine face.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's a great Mm -hmm. question. That's the first thing that jumps out at me, too, Yeah, uh, is is we correctly acknowledge heavenly parents, and we connect the young women to the fact that they have a father and a mother uh, in heaven, uh, presumably with, uh, you know, different kinds of masculine and feminine characteristics. And yet, for some reason, we don't feel the need to connect the young men to that. And we'll get to that, of course, when we read the theme. But uh, spoiler alert, it says, I am a son of my heavenly father. Uh, why don't boys need to understand their relationship to their feminine divine as well?
0: You know, this is fascinating because in my mind, and this might just be my own experience, but this young women's theme for me actually felt like, um, the church was maybe cracking open the door of progress. mm-hmm that they were acknowledging, I mean, it's been since, you know, Eliza R. Snow, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, you know, every once every 150 years we acknowledge um uh the the feminine side of God. And they in a, in an official statement were acknowledging a, a feminine divine. And and then it seems oddly enough, like we got our hopes up, or I guess only I can speak for myself, I got my hopes up that this might be something that becomes more uh normal in our church. And in fact, it has not, it's not being spoken of um, nearly as often. And if I may just say a little bit more about that, I'm so grateful that they put this in the young woman's theme, but on the other hand, in some ways it brings up my disappointment because it's almost like we acknowledge that she's there, but we keep her locked in the back room. Yeah. And the other thing that I just, I ponder on this um, frequently is that we don't as a world community, not just as a church community, we don't necessarily know what to make of, of the feminine divine. And yet the way I experience my own, my own personal understanding of, of theology from this perspective is that, well, first of all, I lead with, I don't know. But secondly, the way I experience God is a composite of all features, masculine and feminine as one great whole. And in my mind, I'm not even so sure there are two of them. I just believe that my God figure is masculinity and femininity, is, is a fullness of both. And sure. yet, of course, in um, whoops, in mortality, we have extricated the feminine. And so that to me is a, is a big part that um, both makes me happy that there is an acknowledgement of the feminine in the young woman's theme, and then of course, um, it it makes me sad and it disappoints me that I can't see her, and I, I seem to have a hard time finding her elsewhere.
1: Yeah, so great thoughts, um, and I do have a lot of the same thoughts. Why why do we lock our heavenly mother in, in a back room? I I don't know, but I'm really glad it's in the theme. And the reason I like that that it's in the theme is that when I speak to the youth of our heavenly parents and I get looks from the leaders with these big eyes, I just remind them it's in the young women's theme. Uh, It gives me a place to go uh, where they they can't argue with me anymore.
0: I actually just changed a primary song in preparation for the primary program from Heavenly Father to Heavenly Parents. Yeah. And I even said to the children, and of course to the parents and the grownups that were also in the room, I said, I'm going to change the words to the song to make it more doctrinally Accurate. Right. We know we have a heavenly father and a heavenly mother. And so I am going, I want us to sing about both of them. And of course, the children are like, okay, sounds yeah. good to me. And if
1: anybody argues with you, you can say it. It's in the young woman's theme, a first presidency approved thing. It gives us a, a, a place to go with it. Um, I also like this idea that in the first paragraph it says, I have a divine nature and eternal destiny. I, I think this is a huge statement of uh, true self. Yeah. Okay. My true self is that I am a child of heavenly parents. And because I'm a child of heavenly parents, I am divine. I have infinite potential. I am loved. And I am a being who is capable of loving. And and I think this is encapsulated in this first paragraph. I, I very much like this first paragraph.
0: You know, what you're describing, Nathan, is how we have talked about the difference between true self and false self or the me versus the I. And if you guys want to go um, deeper into this topic with Nathan and me, jump back into episode number 23, where I talk a little bit about the LGBTQ and their difference between the I identity, which is our true self, the innate, um, the, the self, that we are before we take on mortality, as opposed to the I, I'm sorry, as opposed to the me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the me self is all of the costumes that I wear, the roles that I play, um, the patterning that um, I receive. And then I behave in a certain way to sort of fit in with my culture and my society. Those are me states. Those are uh, false self states. And what you're describing here in this young women's theme is that they lead with I states, they lead with true self states that no matter what you choose to do in your one big, beautiful life, young woman, you are a divine daughter of heavenly parents. Let me just read it here. Uh Okay. With a divine nature and eternal destiny. You are a divine child and you have a, a divine destiny. They're not prescribing for any of these girls what they're supposed to do. To be enough. Right. That's huge.
1: Right. Yeah. And uh, again, you know, no mention of I will become a wife or a mother, um, which are me states. Yep. uh, They've done a very good job. in the second paragraph, they say, hey, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I want to become like him, which is, in my opinion, okay, because Christ was the personification of God on earth. Um, and then he says, look, I will act on personal revelation. Hey, this is huge, right? So we're kind of introducing this idea that that the young women, even in their young age, need to establish communication with their heavenly parents. And that personal revelation should be the guiding principle. And then what does it say? It says, I'll minister to others. So we know the great commandments are love God and love f- our fellow man, right?
0: Can I, can I just say something, yeah. Nathan? What you're describing is is really really beautiful and touching because we're leading with we are the actors in our own divine destinies yeah i will act upon personal revelation
1: from the gods right not from the prophet right it's not
0: the follow the prophet it is follow personal revelation yeah and that right there is true doctrine so um three cheers for the young women's theme at least on that so far
1: and ministering to others, again, loving God and loving our fellow men. We've, we've led with that. Uh, I will stand as a witness of God in all times, all things and all places. I I like that because it doesn't prescribe what that has to look like. Yes. You don't have to dress a certain way or use a certain kind of, you know, hairstyle or or language, or it, it just says, look in your own way. And according to your own personal revelation, do your best to look like you think God would like you to look,
0: but you get to craft that yourself between yourself and and your divine parents. Yeah. Yep.
1: Um, any thoughts on the last paragraph?
0: Okay, so let's read that again. As I strive to qualify for exaltation, I cherish the gift of repentance and seek to improve each day. With faith, I will strengthen my home and family, make and keep sacred covenants, and receive the ordinances and blessings of the holy temple. That is a pretty packed paragraph. I have a lot I could say, but do you want to? You just smiled in a way that made me feel like you have a lot to say.
1: Well, I just think that we lost a lot of credibility. Yeah, I think we we started really well. And then I think we lost credibility. So first of all, I don't believe that we strive for exaltation. Mm. Uh, My point of view is that we are all whole and we are all good. And we're all redeemed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Life's experiences will teach us how to become more like God. But I think when we teach people that we have to strive for exaltation, it makes it feel like God is this big judge up in the sky waiting to either damn us or exalt us depending on how we do. Mm-hmm. And that is not my view of God. My view of God is that he is all encompassing, all loving, and he is shepherding us. He, he, I should say they, excuse me, mm-hmm. that heavenly father and heavenly mother are shepherds who are slowly, but, 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 but surely bringing us home through our life's experiences. I don't like strive.
0: It reminds me of that song, uh, savior, redeemer of my soul. Do you remember that song? And it has a on. line in it that says, make me worthy of thy love, make me worthy of thy love. And it's actually a very lovely song. And you hear that. And I just, it makes me cringe because there is nothing that we need to do to make us worthy of their love. And the thing that is uh, missed in this particular paragraph is that it starts, um, the the theme starts off so well. And then all of a sudden we move into earning mode.
1: Earning mode, yes. Uh, We have to earn.
0: our admission to God's presence and God's love. The thing that we don't understand as well as I wish we did in our church tradition is that when we truly embrace the love that our father and our mother in heaven feel for us. And when we truly embrace the nature of the atonement of Jesus Christ, it changes us. Yes, And we you. are made over in their image in such a way that when we do right, according to, you know, the standards we feel good. And when we do wrong, we grow and we learn and we are strengthened. And the lessons that we learn through those experiences are the things that actually hasten our education.
1: Beautifully said.
0: And so it's not about falling short and earning and trying to sort of scramble for their love, their acceptance, um, and ultimately for the, the ability to be in their presence.
1: I'm listening to a Richard Rohr book right now. And he says, Doing right is its own reward. Doing wrong is its own punishment. God does not inflict punishment nor offer reward. Right and wrong choices are their own consequences. And the only thing that we have to do when we make a mistake is just ask this question. What did I learn about myself from that experience? Yes. And if you ask that question, what did I learn about myself? You will over time change your nature changes, as you said. So you don't strive to change your nature. You simply learn from life. Right. Um, what about this? What? Do you, how about this uh, uh, section here? It says, um, I will strive to make and keep covenants and prepare for the ordinances and blessings of the temple.
0: Okay. So before we talk about that, I actually want to go back one sentence, if that's okay. Nate. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So with faith, I will strengthen my home and family. Okay. Now I have mixed feelings about this and the reason why is this I don't have any problem whatsoever with the importance of a partnership being committed to strengthening home and family however if I were to read between the lines and really really think about the history of our church and the very very fraught history of the prescription of gender roles having this in the young women's theme makes me just a little bit uncomfortable
1: Right, like they're trying to backdoor some gender roles here.
0: Right. That it is your sort of responsibility as the woman to sort of be, well, I'm thinking quite frankly about two things. I'm thinking about the proclamation to the family, um, which I think is a very problematic um, document that really um, very, very distinctively um, boxes um, men and women into very, very specific um, sort of. Overarching roles per gender, and then I'm also thinking about that primary song. Oh my gosh, what's that song called? It's about um, God gave us families, mm-hmm. and it basically is the marching orders of what the uh, the the woman is supposed to look like and what the man is supposed to look like. Um, and and so therefore that that to me is a little bit problematic. Just bearing in mind our history.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, so taking it face value, there's nothing wrong with saying, "Hey, I want to strengthen my home and family, whatever role you play in that." but you want to be very careful that you're not trying to imply roles that some people would be very uncomfortable. Well,
0: with. I, I definitely feel that way. And and I, I come by that honestly, because our own children, our own young adult daughters um, came home from youth year after year saying that um, the only thing that they were ever taught was that they were, they were to be mothers. Right. They were very much discouraged from any other kind of, um, life endeavor,
1: getting an education, having Mm -hmm. a career. And these were by women who of course didn't have educations or careers. And so they were being taught as horrible.
0: And, and so, so we, as um, Nathan and I had to do a lot of honestly damage control over the years, because it wasn't that our daughters didn't feel of the value of motherhood. They watched me model, you know, my value in motherhood, but they also watched me um, supported by you. Um, starting a a career that was a life's passion and a goal and I think that that blessed them and so when they were getting mixed messages at church that really um, their whole like the measure of their creation was just uh, exclusively home and family that that did not do us any favors in helping our daughters um, really um, embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ as they heard it at church
1: yeah yeah, no, really good points, and there's a lot of overlap here between young women and young men's themes. So um, yeah, you know, we'll go this, more into this that will, in a minute. This will come up again, but yeah, I want to end with this. Um, do you think that making and keeping sacred covenants in the temple is one of the end goals that young women should be striving for?
0: Yeah. So okay. So let's just read that. I will qualify to receive temple blessings and the and en- and the enduring joy. Of the gospel? Is that the part that you're, or am I? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm the wrong one. Make keep
1: sacred covenants. You scrolled, Nathan. I'm sorry. You got me confused. (laughs) I will make and keep sacred covenants and receive the ordinances and Uh, blessings of the holy temple. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's problematic. And the reason why it's problematic, you guys, is because Mm. that's how the actual statement, that's how the whole entire theme ends. Right. And that, that to me is a big red flag. Huge. And the reason why is because while we value the temple and the covenants made in the temple... That is not the end. Good. And to, uh, gosh, there's so many directions I could go on this, but to basically uh, communicate to the young women that the end-all be-all goal of humanity, of life, is entrance into the temple, it's miscommunicating the importance of really, our, our most important goal in this life is to become, you know, to fulfill the measure of our creation as children of, of divine parents.
1: Right. Yeah. So lots of problems for me. Number one. Uh, okay. You go to the temple when you're 19, because you're going to go serve a mission. Are you done? I mean, is life over? Yeah. Um, number two, not everybody is going to go to the temple. Right. There are lots of members of our church, um, who are for instance, going to be excluded because they have LGBTQ tendencies and so, so, okay. So they don't qualify for any of these blessings now. And then also, I, I know a lot of people who aren't in our church, who have been made over in the image of Christ. Wonderful, wonderful people. I'm, I'm reading, like I mentioned earlier, R- Richard Rohr. The guy is absolutely a disciple of Jesus Christ and he's never been to the temple. And so it's, it's a very exclusive kind of club that we're trying to create here that I don't think is indicative of people being made over in the image of God. I don't have a problem with the temple. I, I think there are good things in the temple. I like going to the temple, mm. but I do not believe that it should be the last sentence of this paragraph. Wow. It's not an I statement.
0: So that cannot be the end goal of what makes us um, who we are and what we're here in this world to become Yeah,
1: children of God.
0: And so that cannot be, or should not be in our opinion, the end statement of uh, what did you call it? Like an identity,
1: an identity statement, an
0: identity statement for, for the girls or the young women in our church. And again,
1: I, I like going to the temple. I've learned a ton from going to the temple, but I don't believe that it should be an identity statement. Well, and it's too
0: tribal. It's too tribal. We want wow. to do we what we're trying to craft in our, at least as far as I experience, psychological development looks like becoming someone that is beyond tribal, but they are trying to be more like God and have a closer relationship with God, which means they are becoming closer and closer in their lives to embodying love. It's not about going to a place. Right. It's about becoming,
1: becoming someone. Exactly. Well yes. said. Well yes. said. Okay, now I'm going to read the young men's theme. And like I said, there's a lot of overlap here, Um, but like we can touch on a couple of differences. So it says, I am a beloved son of God, and he has a work for me to do with all my heart, might, mind and strength. I will love God, keep my covenants and use his priesthood to serve others beginning in my own home. As I strive to serve, exercise faith, repent and improve each day, I will qualify to receive temple blessings and the enduring joy of the gospel. I will prepare to become a diligent missionary, a loyal husband, loving father by being a true disciple of Jesus Christ. I will help prepare the world for the Savior's return by inviting all to come unto Christ and receive the blessings of his atonement.
0: I can tell you get so sad when you read that, Nath. It is sad. It, can, it really bothers you, doesn't it? Because you watch these young men every other week yeah. in distress.
1: I do. So, So saying I'm a beloved son of God you know, we've already talked about this, but the young woman's theme: I'm a beloved daughter of heavenly parents. That was much better. And then he says, and he has a work for me to do. Now, the girl's theme says, I have a divine nature and eternal destiny. The young man's theme says, he has a work for me to do. So it's already setting us off. Like you only have value if you accomplish oh, wow. certain things.
0: It's, it's almost in some ways, like it has co-opted the culture of of western capitalism which yeah. is you are a beast of burden <laughs> with work to do which gives you value i've never thought about
1: that yeah. but you so, are right so the young women's thing Whew. inherently gives them this divine nature I'm, I'm i'm a daughter of heavenly parents i have divine nature eternal destiny and with the young men, it's like i'm a son of god and you got to get your ass out there and work
0: you are what okay? you provide whatever right? yeah or, or mm. whatever
1: you accomplish
0: mm. Right? you
1: he has a work for me to do i'm not divine in nature like the young women i have to I have to prove myself through what I accomplish. I'm sorry about that. Hmm. Uh, And and it says, okay, so with all my heart, mind, mind, and strength, I will love God, which I agree. Love God is is the most important commandment out there. Keep his commandments. That's not the second commandment. The second commandment is to love our our neighbor as ourselves. So obedience now becomes part of their identity and use his priesthood to serve others. Now, this is implying that somehow men have an advantage over women. Women were instructed to serve in their home and in their communities and their young women's theme. But in the young men's theme, it's saying, oh, I have to use the priesthood to serve others. So now it creates a hierarchy, men over women, because we can serve better than they can, I guess. Or if I serve in some way that doesn't use my priesthood, like if I just mow my neighbor's yard without being asked, that doesn't count because that's not using priesthood. Uh, so yeah, I, I I find this paragraph hugely problematic.
0: yeah, I can tell what you're describing here in in especially as as it regards the priesthood, it in some ways, it does create a hierarchy where, well, interestingly, my my hunch and my thought about this is that the women actually do hold the priesthood, probably. yeah, right. Yeah. And yet at the same time, I think what I'm hearing that you're experiencing, is that the, the the using the priesthood to serve others that that upset you? Can you say a little bit more about that?
1: Well, I just think it first of all creates a division between the young men and young women, which is completely unnecessary. Yes. Okay. And also, I think it it creates an idea in the young men that they're somehow superior. And you know, I just use the example: if my boys go and mow my neighbor's yard, that's not exercising the priesthood. Why can't we serve? Just because we love people, you know,
0: or you could actually um, flip that on its head, Nathan, and say that every time we serve, we are serving in God's name and we're all using the priesthood.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's 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 it's
0: one. It can't be one or the other. (laughs) right? It's a
1: weird distinction in my mind. Yeah,
0: But the fact that the priesthood is gendered, the more the more educated you get on this, the the less sense that makes. So if we're thinking about just um, using the God given um, gifts and powers that we have to to serve. Mm -hmm. that that is in and of itself that is priesthood power
1: yeah Mm -hmm. and so then he says i will strive and again i I hate that word but we talked about it already to serve to exercise faith repent and improve each day or as i strive to do these things then i will qualify to receive temple blessings and the enduring joy of the gospel Mm,
0: so this is a transactional gospel statement It's, it's an if then exactly If i do these then i will qualify to receive temple blessings and the interesting thing is that that is they don't actually talk about the then statement is is independent of uh how we end up being in relationship with god
1: yeah and they and they tie receive temple blessings to the ent- enduring joy of the gospel and folks that is not the same mm, okay can
0: you read, the, read that whole paragraph again so we can give them, them context
1: as i strive to serve exercise faith repent and improve each day i will qualify I will earn, in other words, Mm -hmm. I will qualify to receive temple blessings and the enduring joy of the gospel. So we're connecting the temple blessings and the enduring joy of the gospel here, and they're not the same. Every single person should be able to feel the joy of the gospel, whether they are striving or not, because God's love is completely independent of our level of obedience.
0: And our striving. We aren't having to, this is, this is so important. Nathan, we need to break down um, our, our, like what we've read and studied in the Givenses and Eugene England's understanding of the atonement one of, in one of these episodes, mm-hmm. because every time you read this, we read this after we have sort of broken down what the atonement really is. This is just backwards. Yeah. It's not, we, we don't earn things so that we can receive the blessings of the gospel or receive <laughs> God's love. Right. We don't, it's just not that way. No,
1: not at all. See, and, and what I mentioned earlier is that, you know, Richard Rohr and, and the Givens, and, but the idea is, is this, we are whole, we are divine, and the infinite atonement has already saved and redeemed us. Our choices that we make at times can be self-destructive, and those self-destructive choices do harm us, okay?
0: Not because they're sins, though.
1: But not because they're sin or because God's alienating himself right. from us. Right, not at all. okay. And Richard War says the best place to go feel the spirit of God is in an AA meeting, not because they're whole or not because they're perfect, but because they love God, they understand the nature of God in an AA meeting, they are there to get close to God. Not because of their righteousness, but despite their brokenness,
0: and because their their suffering is is the sanctifier. Yes, exactly. Their suffering is the sanctifier. So, so by definition, we oftentimes actually become as close to God as we can become through living our messy lives.
1: Right. Exactly. And and and
0: just um, being ourselves, working towards becoming who it is we are trying, who who it is we can become through living. Our lives. Yeah. And God endorses that.
1: Absolutely. Well said. Okay. So going on to the next paragraph, I will prepare to become, we're going to go through a whole list of me things. I'm going
0: to just say, as you kick this off, Nathan, my hunch is this is where your young men start to lower their eyes. This is where
1: they, this is where they look away. And you're absolutely right. So it says, I will prepare to become a diligent missionary, loyal husband and loving father by being a disciple of Jesus Christ, a true disciple of Jesus Christ. I I don't know which of those statements it is, but I've got at least two or three young men that just won't say those words. And I don't know if it's because they don't have enough of a testimony that they feel like they can be a missionary or if they have same gender attraction and don't see themselves as becoming loyal husbands and fathers in the future. But, But whatever it is, these are all me statements. Yes. And, you know, again, if I go back to the young women's theme where they said, no matter what, you are a child of divine parents. You are divine. You have a divine destiny. You are in, 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 endowed with love. This is not what I'm hearing for the for the young man. No,
0: well, these are roles.
1: Yeah, I'm these hearing-
0: are roles. If you do these things, like th- this is the divine checklist that will bring you the approval of God, yeah. of the male God, right? And and what for whatever reason it's not actually it's it's robbing from these boys their their agency
1: Mm -hmm. right yeah it's robbing them of their sense of self it's robbing them of their divine nature it's making them into people that have to act to be approved of god let me tell you what else it does you start saying this theme when you're 12 and you think to yourself this is what i have to do to be good we have a young man who just went out on a mission from our ward and he came back a few weeks later now, I don't know him very well, but I have to imagine that there are some struggles there when you've spent the last seven years of your ironic uh, Priesthood life saying, this is what I have to do to, to be good, to be approved of God. And you get on your mission and mental health issues cause you to have to come back home. And now you think to yourself, I have failed. I, the one thing that I had to do to be approved of God, I have failed at. And then we go back and we try to backtrack and say, oh, no, 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 it's okay. You know, mental health is a perfect reason not to to go on a mission. But it's ingrained in their heads for seven years that if you don't do this, you have failed. And when anxiety and depression or a lack of testimony or whatever it is causing a young man to come home early, now you have to undo seven years well, more of corrupt than seven. teaching.
0: More than seven. Yeah. Thank I you. think most of those children um, have that. They get it before that. this. It's, it's, it's as young as it's when they learn how to speak. Yeah. <laughs> it's being embedded in them from their childhood, especially the little boys, yeah. that the gold star that you receive from God on your forehead comes from serving a mission. It is sort of the be all end all of what it means to be a noble disciple of Jesus Christ. And so, of course, what we do is we, um, we activate massive amounts of psychological trauma. When someone, for whatever reason, I don't even care what the reason is. They may right. just not want to go on a mission. Right. <laughs> that is completely acceptable. Exactly. And yet when they are, um, when the message is that unless and until you do this one thing, you cannot be acceptable in God's eyes. And sometimes in mom's and dad's eyes mm-hmm. and in friend's eyes and in the future girlfriend's eyes mm-hmm. or boyfriend's right. eyes, you know what I'm saying? It's like, if we really, um, we, we do this to our kids, and when we do this to our kids, we're setting them up to become estranged from God, because we are um, giving God attributes and characteristics that don't belong to God. Right. God loves that child with or without diligent missionary, loyal husband, and loving father.
1: Thank you. Amen. I mean, sister. Yeah.
0: I'm not saying that any of those may, some of those may fit perfectly into the paradigm of that young man.
1: Exactly. But that's
0: the young man's choice to make.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And when I talked to the young men, this is exactly what I told him. I said, there's nothing wrong with those things. I think you should consider those things, but do not make them part of your identity. Do not make them part of your identity. You and I both are aware also of some young men who, sh- who have same gender attraction and they have either been debating or have tried to go on missions uh, against their consciousness And have had to come home early for the same kinds of reasons yeah. because they they don't feel like they can stay in their integrity and teach something that they themselves don't feel.
0: Well, or when they're being rejected by the institution that they're now representing.
1: Yeah. Um, And I'm going to give a shout out here, if if it's okay, to my good friend, Evan Smith, who was a mission companion of mine. Uh, We served together. We were actually mission companions. And I will um, say he is one of the finest human beings on the earth. And we just recently got reconnected uh, through Facebook and and so forth. And his son went through this. He he tried to serve a mission, but he he is gay. And he had to come home early because he couldn't stay within his integrity. And Evan has uh, podcasts and books and uh, a website that deals with this. I'm not not saying anything that's not already out there public. But again, it, it is a shaming, shaming shaming statement to make people feel like they have to fit in a certain box and to teach them that from the beginning and then have to backtrack later I, it's just it's heartbreaking to me
0: i can tell this touches you deeply because you love the boys that you serve with yes we've got a big priest quorum in our war don't we It's a, it's a pretty yeah. good sized group
1: yeah good 15 of them
0: and it's such a pivotal time in the lives of these youth, our young men and our young women in the church. And to teach these kids that there is a prescribed way that they have to be to fit in to this institution is inviting them to find the door as quickly as possible if we're not allowing them to become fully themselves and also be a part of the the faith of their parents.
1: And, and if I could add on top of that, yes, yeah. yes, they have to look a certain way to fit in the institution, but we've also taught them with this thing. They have to look a certain way to fit in with God. Um, mm. And and to me, that is the most devastating thing you can teach a child yeah. is or imply is that if you don't look this way and earn these things and do this work, that you are less in God's eyes.
0: And I think I've mentioned this before in the last couple of episodes, but I, I mean it, so I'll say it again, is sometimes there's a direct correlation between the buy-in that the, the youth has and their ability to, um, how do I say this? Let me, let me try that again. There's a direct correlation between the testimony of the youth and their self-rejection when they can't fit into that box. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that brings up a lot of shame and a lot of self-loathing and sometimes even self-destructive behaviors when they can't do the prescribed things because it doesn't feel true to them. And then what they end up doing is they end up self-rejecting because they basically determined that God has rejected them because they fuse God with the church. Yeah. Rather than saying, you know what? I've always been okay <laughs> right. with God. Yes. God and I are good. Right. The church and I are, are having a little bit of a hard time because it doesn't <laughs> understand yet. Yes. But God and I are good. And so even if I have to do what I need to do to stay in my own integrity it doesn't impact my relationship with God. That is the true tragedy and trauma that um, I'm trying to help mitigate in people that come our way, which is even though there are complexities in this institution, because it is run by um, messy, imperfect human beings, that is neither here nor there in the perfection and perfect love that God has for each and every one of their children. Right. Anything that you want to close with, babe?
1: No, I would just say that um, one of the things we've done in our Facebook group is we've had good participation in uh, the members creating their own I statements, mm-hmm. their, their own statements of identity. Uh, I've posted mine. Uh, I've learned a lot from some of the other ones that other people have posted. Um, but we have, we have talked about this and hashed out what true statements of identity are Um, That that we are loved unconditionally, uh, that we are divine regardless. There's nothing to earn here. Uh, The infinite atonement has already redeemed us and that life is making us over in the image of God as we experience it. God is our perfect teacher. Life is our perfect teacher. God has crafted our lives to help us become who we are meant to be. Uh, those kinds of statements uh, have been really fun for me in our Facebook group to to work on. So,
0: well, and what you're actually describing is um, those are our own themes, right? You got right. the young women's right. theme, the young men's theme. <laughs> what we're doing is we're doing personal themes, which I actually love because we don't need an institution to to give us a theme. Not at all. What we want to do is grow out of having the institution hand us an identity statement. Mm-hmm and begin to create and craft for ourselves our own identity statement that has to do with how we see ourselves yes. in relationship with the divine, in relationship with this life. Yeah, That's it. And once we kind of get clear on that, then um, it kind of just, we, we can actually like just um, push all of the other um, non-essentials aside. And most of the, most of it is actually in fact, non-essential. Yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think it's time to close. Um, so great to be with you guys today. Um, what we're going to do in the next at least couple of episodes is Nathan and I are um, studying up on and prepping ourselves to really break down the strength of the youth pamphlets um, as they have evolved over the years with a special focus on the current strength of the youth pamphlet, um, some of the bright sides, some of the dark sides, some of what we're experiencing in the whiplash that... Um, has uh, come about as this um, most recent one has changed and evolved um, for the better, but it also brings up a lot of feelings and emotions about at least the last two um, iterations of this statement. So we're going to talk about this, our own experiences, our own thoughts. I'm going to um, bring in some of my um, thoughts and feelings from the psychology perspective. So you can look forward to that in the next couple of episodes. In the meantime, I can't thank you guys enough for all that you're doing to spread the word and to help us grow our reach on this podcast. It is growing really fast, and um, it surpassed my expectations that you guys would be willing to listen to, be touched by, and share our um, very sincere um, efforts to do what we feel called to do over here. Um, This is a really important mission that Nathan and I feel called to. And I'm really grateful for you guys. We can only do it if you actually do the spreading of the word. We say the words and then you spread the words. So keep doing so. And please get on to uh, Apple or Spotify and rate, rate and review this podcast. These ratings are so important. It'll take just 30 seconds. And I love the emails that I'm getting. They're very validating. They help me in my bad moments. And once again, if you're interested in um, participating in one of our space limited groups, I would love to meet you. I love seeing the real faces of real human beings that are experiencing something um, helpful in the time we spend together on these podcasts. So reach out to us for those and um, we'll get you on a wait list. Um, you can find me at info at valeriehammiker.com or you can find me at Latterday Struggles Podcast. Also, one last thing that I keep forgetting to mention, I do have um, some therapists that work for me that are taking overflow for those of you who want to do some individual work. So please reach out to me at those same addresses if you're interested in some personal coaching. Uh, They're very familiar with the work that I do and familiar with Faith Crisis and with um, they're they're wonderful. So I can't recommend them highly enough. Okay, our time is up. It's good to be with you guys and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.